2: There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a twelve point three inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander.
3: everybody. It's Monday, December 18th, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, M.G. Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. Coming up on the show today, we got our biggest takeaways from Week 15. Our James Cook and Rasheed Rice must-start options going forward. Plus, we're also breaking down some of the top performers and biggest disappointments of the week. We are... Pretty much through the first week of the fantasy playoffs. One more game still to be played on Monday night between the Eagles and the Seahawks. Um, There were some really good things, some really big surprises and some real big disappointments. How is your you have a buy in a couple of leagues? I was going to ask you how you're doing, but you, you're like you got the week off. Basically,
4: I, of my there's six leagues that I really care about. Three had a buy. Three had matchups. And if A.J. Brown gets me a yard tonight, literally one yard. All six would have made it to the semis, so I, I'm pretty happy right
3: now. I like your chances. I'm just putting Fingers that out. Fingers crossed. There. I like your <laughs> chances. That's all I'm saying. Let's get going, as we always do, with some fantasy headlines, and we'll start with one of the games that was played on Saturday. Jamar Chase. In the Bengals win over Minnesota, suffered an AC joint injury. According to our own Ian Rappaport, the Chase may not miss time. Head coach Zach Taylor says Jamar Chase is day-to-day. I mean, simple question, probably has a simple answer. If Jamar Chase is playing, does this worry you at all?
4: It, it adds more volatility to him because an injury is always something to, so, some cause for concern, but with how good Jay, uh, Browning is playing, it would, Still, I mean, I'm still playing Chase if he plays. If he sits, I think T. Higgins gets a big boost. If Chase plays, I think Higgins is still in play, but he becomes a little more volatile as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, at this point in the season, you're not getting away from Jamar Chase. This this isn't like one of those, I, we talked about Patrick Mahomes last week, right? And whether or not you're starting Patrick Mahomes because he hasn't been playing well. Like, Jamar Chase has been playing well. Yeah. There's no drama here. So if he's going, uh, he's going to get targets. Jake Brown is slinging, Jake Browning is slinging it. So uh, you're starting Jamar Chase pretty much. Regardless, just as long as he's able to suit up and go, he's in your fantasy lineup. Uh, In New York, Zach Wilson left the Jets game against the Dolphins in the second quarter with a head injury that first wasn't being called a concussion. Then it was. There's also some reports of dehydration. Uh, I mean, look. Either way, it was an awful game for the Jets this past week. Let's just say Trevor Simeon starts. If Zach Wilson can't clear concussion protocol, can you play any of your jets in that situation?
4: It it becomes really scary. Like, I was all set to write about Garrett Wilson as a start this week in the stardom synonym. But if because they play the commanders, the best matchup for passing attacks. But if he's if it's Trevor Simeon, uh, it becomes really difficult to trust. I think Brees Hall, because of the matchup, you could still start. If Zach Wilson plays, not only do I think you could play Garrett Wilson, I think in super flex leagues, you could potentially stream that like, he might be my Justin Herbert replacement in a super flex this.
3: Week. Ooh, wow. That's spicy. Uh, look, I'm, I'm sticking with the same jets you've been rolling with all year long, right? If you've been rocking with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, you continue rocking with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. I don't think it matters who the quarterback is. Those are really the only two playmakers they have in this offense. And whether it's been Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon, They get the ball to those guys. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more volatility involved. But if you have been rolling with Garrett Wilson, I think you keep rolling with Garrett Wilson. End of story. Uh, Some unfortunate news out of Baltimore. Rookie running back Keaton Mitchell is going to miss the rest of the season. Suffered a knee injury in the game last night against the Jacksonville Jaguars and Really a, a disappointing, frustrating, sad end to what was a really good rookie season for Keaton Mitchell. Got word that Melvin Gordon is going to be elevated to the active roster. You and I had both forgotten that Melvin Gordon <laughs> was in Baltimore. I, I'm not going to ask you for picking up Melvin Gordon, because so I think we know the answer to that. But does this give, say, Justice Hill a little bit more value? Does this help Gus Edwards? Who picks up the slack here? I think we'll see Gus Edwards go back to being the
4: lead runner. Like yesterday, it was Keaton Mitchell until he got hurt and he was averaging over eight yards per carry yesterday. Uh, Then Gus Edwards had 16 carries. The, The efficiency struggled. He scored a touchdown and still only managed to get you 12 fantasy points. That being said, they get the 49ers next week. Gus Edwards doesn't have double-digit fantasy points in a game without a touchdown this season. I still think Gus Edwards is someone to avoid next week because
3: the matchup against the Niners is so difficult. It is. I will say say this. In a pinch, I could probably make a case for it. The Niners' run defense has been so, so, so— They actually gave up a lot of yards on Sunday to James Conner and the Cardinals. But— I think more of it is a volume play than necessarily a matchup based play so that makes me sort of worried i do think justice hill starts to see some more opportunities especially in the passing game get a few more targets there um but this this hurts man because keaton mitchell was playing some really good football and uh we'll see how serious the knee injury is but obviously going to miss the rest of this year and it becomes a question of how much into next season does he miss as well uh, staying in the division and going over to Pittsburgh, the Steelers offense. Well, you see it's bad. Uh, and firing Matt Canada. Hasn't made it a whole lot better on the weekend. Uh, Kenny Pickett was injured. Mitch Trubisky got the start. Mitch Trubisky did not get the finish. Mason Rudolph took over at some point late in that ball game. And head coach, Mike Tomlin has said it will be Mason Rudolph who starts against the Bengals this week. That has provided Kenny Pickett cannot go, which looks uh, very improbable. Um, Tomlin does say that Pickett has been improving, hasn't completely ruled him out, so we will see, but, I mean, Florio, as bad as this offense has been, especially if it's Mason Rudolph who gets the start, can you trust any Steelers this week?
4: If you trust any of them, I think it's Deontay Johnson. They uh, they have played together, these two, like, all these highlights you're seeing are from a couple of years ago for Mason Rudolph. George Pickens wasn't there, like, it, like... Deontay Johnson is the one that he has chemistry with. Johnson is the one they like to go to in the red zone. He has a touchdown and over 13 fantasy points in three straight. George Pickens is too boomer bust for me. Is, and it, the volatility is through the roof right now. Uh, Fryer Muth is the same way. Najee Harris and, and Jalen Warren continue to eat off of each other's plate. I would try to avoid this offense outside of Deontay Johnson if possible.
3: I would definitely avoid the pass catchers for sure. I... Maybe it's because I just keep trying to make fetch happen, is that I keep trying this rotation with Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, and I think the the Bengals are vulnerable against the run. So that makes me believe that maybe one or both of those guys could have decent games. But in the end, if the offense can't move the ball, which is kind of what we saw this past weekend uh, against Indianapolis, then it may not actually matter. But uh, I, I just keep trying to tell myself the story and using this process of, uh, the Steelers bad passing game versus a bad uh, char- bad Bengals run defense and, and seeing whether or not Harris and or Warren uh, can be one of those guys. But very well could be wrong. The answer could be none of the above. We will find out. Um, those are the things we saw over the past weekend in the NFL that gets us to the things we learned and our biggest takeaways from week 15. And I'm sure this first one uh, especially warms your heart, Florio. Ah, uh, James Cook must start RB1. And yeah,
4: I'm a Bills fan, but fantasy comes first. And me and Marcus have been talking of James Cook since July, June, whenever it's been. Uh, and, and it was a slow process early on, but. 24 fantasy points per game in the last month since Joe Brady has taken over as the offensive coordinator 36 fantasy points yesterday over 200 yards two touchdowns should have been a third we'll give him a pass but he dropped a third touchdown he was doing things that haven't been done by bills running backs since the 80s uh, and like, must-start RB status. And the thing is, all this this 24 fantasy points per game has come against the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Jets. Tough matchups on paper. Now he gets the Chargers, who just gave up a billion points to the Raiders last week. Uh, not only is he a must-start running back, James Cook just might mess around and win some people fantasy championships.
3: He really might. I, I was looking at him. He's a solid RB1 for the rest of the playoffs. And now I'm thinking we're drafting him, what, high RB2 next year? Uh, when we get the fantasy drafts, as long as things don't really change again. Um, one thing I thought, we got Arthur Smith again this past week, right? We spent the last couple of weeks talking about how great it was that we're seeing Drake London get all these targets, that Bijan Robinson's getting all these snaps and touches and looking really efficient. And we went into this weekend saying, does this continue or do we get Arthur Smith again? I know on Friday's Stardom sit show, uh, Laquan Jones is like, there's no way, right? He's not going to do it to us again. He absolutely did it to us again. In a rainstorm against the worst team in the league, Tyler Algier had more touches than Bijan Robinson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts combined. The Falcons go on to score seven points. They lose to the Carolina Panthers. You just continue to wonder, how does this happen? How does this work that you spend three top 10 picks on three incredibly talented players, And then you don't use any of them. This is a guy who's supposed to be an offensive-minded head coach. We sort of marveled with what he did in Tennessee all these years. I really thought I was over this because we hadn't done like a real Arthur Smith rant in several weeks, and all the negative, bad feelings just came flooding back watching what happened. Where if you didn't know, maybe you thought, maybe you thought that Bijan got hurt or something. You you just couldn't figure it out. But no, it was Arthur Smith being arthur smith again the worst thing that coaches do Arthur, and and don't call me
4: biased against arthur smith because i was yelling at the buffalo bills coaching staff for doing this running backs know not to fumble when they have a random fumble it's not like they're doing it on purpose so punishing them by taking your best playmaker off the field is only detrimental to your own team and hurting your own chances of winning bad coaches continue to do that sean mcveigh saw kyron williams fumble twice yesterday and was like he's our best player i'm not pulling him from the game
3: this ain't high school it's not college right i mean you give the, the reason you are counting on these guys, you give them a chance, even when they make mistakes. Um, I just, I don't understand it. Uh, Meanwhile, in Kansas City, we're finding some help for for, uh, Patrick Mahomes. It's definitely not Kadarius Tony.
4: Yeah, I I was on the Kadarius Tony hype train early on this season, and I quickly jumped off of it when I realized that they were using Rasheed Rice the way that I wanted them to use Kadarius Tony, and Rasheed Rice has blossomed into a must-start wide receiver one for fantasy football purposes. 92% of the snaps yesterday led the Chiefs in targets, catches, and yards. That has been a trend now for weeks, not just their receivers. He has been outproducing Travis Kelsey as of late, as well, uh, in the last four games for Rasheed Rice, eight catches per game, 84 yards per game, 20.4 fantasy points per game. He is their top go-to weapon right now. Uh, even if you want to say that Travis Kelsey is their number one pass catcher, Rasheed Rice is a must-start fantasy wide receiver one. Uh, don't even think twice about playing him the rest of the way.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's what it is, right? It's Travis Kelsey. It's Rasheed Rice. Everybody else is just kind of fighting for scraps in that passing game. And that's, that's all you got to worry about. Uh, the last thing that I learned from this past weekend is that Tommy DeVito's sanity run, uh, it might be over uh, at this point. Look, he's, he had started four games coming into this week. Uh, he, look, he had played really, really well. He was the talk of the NFL, right? His agent was getting love, uh, rocking green suits on sidelines and that sort of thing. And then the Saints came and they put extreme pressure on him. They just came up the middle. They came from the edges. They put him under duress all day long. He struggled getting the ball out. He struggled connecting with his receivers. Um, The next two weeks... He's got the Eagles and the Rams, and I know we've been picking on the Eagles for opposing passing games because their secondary has been a problem, but they do have guys up front that can get pressure on the quarterback, and you wonder whether or not they're going to start bringing more blitzes, bringing more pressure. The Rams may want to do the same. I think what we saw from the Saints on Sunday might be the blueprint to slowing down Tommy DeVito, and so it's been a nice run. We all knew it was going to end at some point, and we might have seen the beginning of the end in Week 15. Time to take a quick break. Stick around. We'll be right back.
5: Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma. Delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style, the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Now is the time to
0: accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.
3: Looking at the top performers from week 15, still, of course, one game to go on Monday night, but uh, Jared Goff, the indoor cat, uh, got all cozy on the couch. The five touchdown passes, more than 31 fantasy points there. Christian McCaffrey doing Christian McCaffrey things. Uh, 115 rushing yards and a touchdown, 72 receiving yards and two more scores, nearly 42 points for CMC. Jordan Addison, where we thought maybe you should avoid him. Nope, nope. Six catches for a buck, 11 and two tutties. That's almost 30 points for him. Sam Laporta continuing to ball out. Three touchdown passes against the Broncos. 28.6 points for him. Kaimi Fairbairn, four kicks, uh, four field goals and an extra point. That was 17 points. And the Raiders DST, who just obliterated Easton stick and the chargers 25 fantasy points. Uh, I'm going against Josh Palmer and the Ra- and the Raiders defense in one league. It was great to open up on Saturday morning and see that I was down 45 points uh, already after just those two guys. Josh Palmer was just one broken play too. That was it. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Uh, all right. Let's talk some top performers though. Some of the guys who maybe did not make that list that you just saw or that I just read and uh, just when, you know, T. Higgins, man, like, we weren't sure what to do with him, but apparently he's still in play. Yeah, I I wanted to give him
4: some love because that catch that he made on Saturday, the game-tying touchdown catch, arguably the touchdown catch of the year, he catches it, stays in bounds, manages to spin his body and arm around just to go over the plane. And the thing is, we know... It's been a lost year for T. Higgins. Disappointing performances, injuries, kept him on and off the field. But we still know that T. Higgins is one of the best talents in the league. And next week, he gets a Steelers defense that kind of looks checked out as of late. So I think he's back in play in our fantasy lives.
3: Not to mention that uh, T. Higgins' mother is out on Twitter just ethering (laughs) people. Like, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, you want to go look for it, you can go find it. But uh, T. Higgins' mom bringing heat to people who are criticizing her son. Uh, for me, it was Jalen Waddle who had a big game. We weren't sure what to expect with the Dolphins offense, knowing that Tyreek Hill wasn't going to play. And it's just a reminder that Jalen Waddle, on a lot of other teams could be a wide receiver one. He just happens to be stuck with like the wide receiver one <laughs> playing across from him this season. But he went out and balled eight catches, 142 yards, a long touchdown from Tua tonga against that very good Jets defense. So I, I know at times, especially early in the season, it was frustrating because uh, Tyreek Hill was eating and Jalen Waddle wasn't. But uh, this is a reminder of why you spent a relatively high draft pick on him and what he can be for both the Dolphins offense and for your fantasy team. Meanwhile, another team that plays its home games in Florida. Uh Look, Baker Mayfield's playing good football. I don't I have no jokes. That's that's all there is to it. He so for most of the year,
4: Baker Mayfield has been a solid floor streaming quarterback, like 16 or more fantasy points in nine of his 14 games. That's about 65%, which is passing in New York City public schools. Um <laughs> but in the last two weeks, 20 or more fantasy points, season high 29 last week. Now he gets the Jaguars who've allowed a whole boatload of passing yards, touchdowns, fantasy points, two quarterbacks I think Baker Mayfield is very much so in play this week and he could get people into the fantasy championship perhaps because his weapons are great. The matchup is good and he's going to have to
3: put up points to keep up with the Jags offense. Yeah, I do think that's, that's going to be in play. I actually do like him as a sleeper this week. So uh good news there. Uh, I know it's been rough. If you've had Terry McLaurin on your fantasy roster this year, right? You look around Sam. Howell is slinging it, putting up all these passing yards and you got to figure, well, Terry McLaurin's eating, right? No, uh, he actually went into week 15 with his lowest yards per game average of his career. And then halfway through the game, Sam Howell got benched. Jacoby Brissett came in there and was like, F it. Terry's down there somewhere. Just started to heaving up YOLO balls to Terry McLaurin. He has uh, his best day of the season. Six catches for 141 yards. A touchdown. Very nearly had a second touchdown. Uh, was ruled down just short of the goal line. That's the good news. The frustrating news, though, is that the Commanders aren't turning away from Sam Howell, nor did I expect them to. They have nothing to play for this season. Why wouldn't you get your young quarterback some reps? They just decided to sit Howell down last week. So as fun as it was, having Jacoby Brissett get Scary Terry involved, next week we go back to more of the same. And then, by the way, in Week 17, they get the 49ers. They get the Jets next week. So it you know maybe that might have been your last hurrah for Terry McLaurin yeah I, th-
4: I think in in a lot of shallower leagues i'm trying to
3: get away from terry next week yeah i think that's i think that's sort of the way to go there uh meanwhile another wide receiver that we're used to seeing put up big points put up big points Cooper Cup
4: is back. I told you on Club Sud last week, this guy will get you 25 fantasy points. He almost got it on the nose. 25.1. Got you that extra point of a tenth of a point just for good measure. But 25 plus in two straight games, over 110 yards in two straight games, a touchdown in three straight. Cooper Cup is back. I know the beginning of the year he was out, then he hurt his ankle, and it was a bunch of down weeks. It doesn't matter. Cooper Cup, if you got to the playoffs with him, obviously you were starting him but he might just be a league winner different way than we thought when we predicted this before the season but he just might come through after all
3: and i just think it's a reminder that you know like it takes guys time to heal even yes. when they're back on the field doesn't mean they're 100 it just means they're good enough to play and i think we've seen cooper Cup slowly get healthy as the season has gone along uh my last one here is david njoku and i think we talked about him a little bit last week but i just feel like he hasn't gotten enough love for what he has done this season because even before this last stretch, last two games have been amazing. 16 catches, 195 yards, three touchdowns over the last two games. He and Joe Flacco were working well, but even before that, he was doing enough to hang around in that tight end one range. Now it's him and Amari Cooper who were the top two targets in this Baltimore or this uh, Cleveland passing game, I should say. And. At this point, I don't know how you get away from him for the remainder of the season, the next two weeks, because he and Joe Flacco are really clicking together. And I just feel like we need to give him some more attention for what he's been doing this year because we talk about some of the top tight ends in fantasy. His name just hasn't been involved in the conversation and it probably should have been. So there it is, David Njoku, the Chief, uh, doing big things over the last couple of weeks. So those are the guys who uh, made us feel great. How about the guys who made us feel terrible and... um, Try to say this without a big smile on your face because it happened against your team. Dak Prescott.
4: If you have Dak Prescott and you manage to survive the week, you should celebrate because as of right now, with the Monday Night Football still to go, he is the QB thirty on the week. Every single starting quarterback outside of Zach Wilson who left immediately outscored Dak Prescott. Two Washington Commanders quarterbacks outscored him. Uh, Bailey Zappi, Bryce Young, Desmond Ritter. The list goes on. It it was a brutal day for Dak Prescott. And the thing is, we could be like, all right, we know to start Dak at home, obviously. On the road, maybe you get away from him. Next week, they play the Dolphins. I I think you just keep riding with Dak Prescott because then he gets to the Lions at home. So, I know a lot of you probably looked at the schedule and thought Dak's going to win me championships. Hopefully you survived this past week because he still can. But, yeah, you needed some other players to step up in a big way if you had Dak.
3: Yeah, you absolutely did. Uh, It was just a bad game all around for the Cowboys. It was also a bad game all around for the Tennessee Titans, who... um, They were a hoist on their own petard. They had the hubris to wear the Houston Oilers uniforms against the Houston Texans. And I think karma came back to bite them. But on top of it, uh, Derrick Henry just completely shut down. 16 carries for just nine yards, four targets, four catches for one yard. He had nine total. He had 10 total yards in that game. First player in NFL history to have at least 20 touches and produce less than 15 yards from scrimmage. Uh, that was per Ryan McDowell, uh, who does a lot of great work. Uh, you should go follow him, Ryan Mc23, uh, on the Twitter machine. But uh, an awful, awful day. The Titans get bumped out of playoff contention. So their season is in effect over. And now you got Derrick Henry sort of pondering his future. I would imagine these next few games are the last ones we see with him in a Tennessee Titans slash Houston Oilers uniform. Uh was very surprised that they didn't trade him closer to the deadline. I know we, we, we've talked about that. i was surprised they didn't try to trade him, but I guess they were still hanging around him and D hop. But th- that being said, I, like Henry, uh, who does
4: he get next week? They get the Seahawks. I, I still think you got to stick with it.
3: Yeah, sure. There's another there's another chance for him to bounce back with the uh, against that Seahawks run defense. But um, I knew there was a a chance that it was going to be bad. I didn't think it would be that bad. Henry has gone
4: for over 150 yards. I think it is in like four of their last five games against the Texans. No team has ever wanted to stop him more than Houston did yesterday. Yeah,
3: that's probably very, very true. That'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Be sure to listen tomorrow. We're answering fan questions. Plus, Matt is going to drop by with his top waiver wire targets of the week. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. And we'll talk to you again real soon.
2: There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. What's
0: up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm
4: Austin Hankwitz.
0: We're the hosts of Mind the Business, small business success stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks.